Well, good evening and welcome to Beyond an Ocean with me, Chloe Ferguson. Uh, today, as I said a few days ago, this is a hand-picked episode of a song which I fell in love with uh, not too long ago, actually. And the artist is Cathartic Fall and the guy behind that project is Mr. Jeff Harris. So welcome, Jeff. Hey, thanks. Still stuttering. Every time I... Uh, interview an artist who I've picked myself and the song I get so nervous like you guys heard with Savoir and probably Jenny Kern as well and a couple of others so it's just weird I've heard this song so many times and if you guys are fans of uh, Jeff then you'll know this song is just honestly I was in the do my food shop and reanalyzing it today before we spoke and it is honestly one of the most attractive songs I've ever heard that's the word I had in my head it's very attractive mm. And it's uh, just, how can I put it? You've got your harmony, which is stable. You've got your melody, which complements it. It's nothing too much. You've got your sus chords. You've got your almost like major 70 things. And your vocal, the production of your vocal, uh, the, the reverb. I'm giving you guys so much uh, of this now, like a buffet of description. But <laughs> but it's... I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure people have heard this before. But really, really is a masterpiece so thank you for writing it and um yeah I I guess wow I'm gonna dive straight in as I usually do and I just could you give us a brief description of kind of like where it started to where it ended yeah well um how did it start so I it started basically um I haven't been doing this music that long for context. I haven't really been making, I mean, I've been doing music a long time, but this kind of music was just very stripped down, very almost gratuitously emotional, just like really just wearing your heart on your sleeve kind of songs. I've never, I've always loved that kind of music, but I never really felt like I had permission to, um, just inside myself, permission to create that kind of music. Cause I was always, I think trying to make music that was, um, in some way marketable on, on a pop market. And I loved John Mayer when I was growing up. And so I, I was like, oh, I can I can do what he did. And so I made a bunch of really crappy music that sounded like John Mayer, but wasn't good, as, as good as John Mayer. And I mean, I think I'm grateful for that too, because it taught me a lot about songwriting. Um, but I hadn't really thought about the process of writing songs like this as a part of like my, you know, what I want to do, or, like my career or anything. Um, I just came back. It was last, I don't know. I think it was like about a year ago. I, I came home from a hike. I, it was like a multi-day little camping trip I had it with a friend. <clears throat> and we just had a bunch of really um, emotional conversations and just got a lot of stuff. Me personally, I got a lot of stuff off my chest um, about um, just some things I've been struggling with and things that I hadn't been able to say for a long time. Um, and... Um, I just felt so much psychological relief from that, that it kind of opened up this place in me. Um, I woke up the next day, just sitting in this, I was sitting in this chair at this desk playing the piano and a uh, little keyboard I have. And I just woke up and felt the urge to just play something and just express what I was feeling. And there was this like profound I would call it kind of vulnerability, right? Like I'm, I'm able to just finally like feel that really deep place that I've been avoiding feeling like the richness, the rawness and like the, the, Oh, 
God, it's it's hard to get there because if you're you got all the we got all these defense mechanisms and I'm s- sounding a little bit abstract and hippie-ish, but we got all this competing vernacular in our heads trying to keep us from feeling the real shit <laughs> in our in our bodies. It's just like, ugh, because it's hard. You know, sometimes there's some really scary stuff down there. Sometimes it's, it's fear of, you know, death and dying. It's fear of, you know letting go of a relationship that you feel like you're holding on to for dear life. It's sometimes it's, you know, something that feels trivial to other people, but it's really important to you. Um, ultimately it's like whatever is down there at the deepest level, um, is just kind of by definition, the most impactful to you. And when you can finally feel what that is and just kind of let go, um, that's, that was the moment that I, played this piano part and had this melody in my head that just felt soaring and like at the same time like nostalgic Mm. and just it felt so cathartic that's the best word i could describe it just to have that experience and um and i those lyrics came to my head that nothing can stop me now i can't control all these emotions when they try to hold me down like that it just felt like exactly what I wanted to say. And I was just literally crying while I was singing these lyrics wow. like for the first time. And it's like, I I actually kind of tend to do that these days with the songs that I'm writing. Like I try to write songs that make me tear up. Um, and if I do that consistently and I, <laughs> I, I, like, I cry four times, then on the fourth <laughs> time, I know it's a good song. Uh, <laughs> but um, so anyway, I get, I write that part and the ocean is kind of the metaphor for like how overwhelming are these feelings can be and how big of a an expanse it can feel like so you're just kind of the idea is i'm just letting go like like kind of laying on my back in the middle of this ocean of feelings and it's like oh it's it's really okay you know and that's that feeling um and so that's uh that's kind of where it started and um to give you a little more context on the project i um, I started this project cathartic fall in November of 2020. Um, and it was basically just a way to help my friend. Um, he needed some like underscoring music for a YouTube video that he was doing and I wanted to help him out. And I made this song called with eyes open just as a means of helping him get through. It was actually a meditation video to focus on gratitude. Um, and I liked it so much um, because I it was the first time I think in my life that I had created a song for the sole purpose of helping people become more mindful. Mm. And I was just like, oh man, this is this is everything. Like I, I wanna help people, you know, that I feel like mindfulness is objectively helpful and useful for people. And it's like, this is music that is facilitating that. So like, man, I got really excited. We named the project aptly Cathartic Fall because it felt like what it sounded like. And uh, I've just been kind of obsessing over it ever since trying to figure out how to make music like this. But, and then I, I remembered I had that song and I kind of rearranged it, made the key a little bit higher so it would fit in my, my falsetto just kind of the premise of this project is singing in falsetto. Um, and uh, yeah, I just decided to kind of finish it out um, to kind of support that feeling of like being able to feel the weight of your emotions 
Um, I'm kind of rambling now, but that's that's kind of more or less. Yeah, the more the better, as I say. And I have to ask, I don't want to ruin the authenticity of the song, but I was wondering whether you're a fan of Sigaros. Uh, Sigaros, yeah, I think they're they're really cool. I, I haven't listened to their music for a long time, um, but um, that's a good reference. I think I should yeah. probably. Um, the arrangement wasn't, I think, super thought through, like, um, just just the piano vocal thing. I didn't want to. I didn't want to complicate it too. It's actually like on Spotify. It's just called demo because I plan on yeah. re redoing this song with a little bit more thoughtful arrangement at some point. But I I put this song into a video as like a Facebook ad to kind of like optimize a marketing campaign. Like, hey, let's figure out who likes this video to see who likes my music and then I'll advertise Spotify to those people. You know what I mean? Um, and the video response was just so great. Um, and I had so many people just saying, put this on Spotify now. It's like, okay, I'll just, I'll put it on as a demo. Um, but I, that was just like, you know, a one take piano, <laughs> you know, just, uh, and Keyscape is the name of the, uh, the plugin that I use. It's the software instrument. It's not even a real piano. Um, is that the one yeah. on the YouTube? Because I think I found that. I was looking for a live version. Was that the one where, like, if you search it, it just yeah, comes up? Just... On YouTube, yeah. I, I don't I haven't really promoted it. It's just, you know, I don't know how many people have seen it on YouTube. But um, but it, it's the same video, yeah. I thought uh, so. It's it's nice, actually. It's very um, – it was quite nice to see you just in your room or whatever your lounge because I kind of thought this is going to – this is – it's going to be very aesthetic uh, visual, I think, if you do a video to it because you do all sorts. You, you, I mean, you don't even need, like, a girl or, you know, whatever in it or another guy and a couple. You, you can just – you could literally just have a picture of a flower for this song. I think it says it, it's, it's less is more type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but it was nice to see you just there kind of, you could just tell you just sat down that day and you just, you just thought I'm just going to film me singing it. You know, it's just me, it's me and my piano. And it's, it was nice to see actually that. Um, and it's obviously live. You can hear the vocals are very raw and, um, but the, the, I've got a, I, I, I really want to ask about production, even though this is to me a very authentic song and it's it's quite uh, as we said it's raw. But to me, and you guys who love this song as as much as I do, the the reverb in it, oh my goodness! Like you have such a lovely tone in your voice, but the reverb is uh, I just I just love it. You've picked. I don't know if you self do you self produce? Yeah, well, I'm actually that's what I do for work is I'm a producer. And oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm not really. <laughs> this, <laughs> This cathartic fall thing isn't making enough money for me to live on yet. But I mean, hopefully one day that could, that could be really cool. But um, yeah. no, just as context, like the, um, have you heard the song Overwhelmed by Royal and the Serpent? Is that, that, that a ring a bell that I get overwhelmed so easily? My anxiety creeps inside of me. Haven't heard it. Okay. That's the, Even that's the one, one big song that I've done so far. That's like, a, uh, has been successful um, on that level. Um, but that's, that's what I do for, um, for my job. So you producer. Uh, yeah. Um, mm. So artists come in and I write songs with them and wow. produce them. And yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah. So for me, the mixing and the production and editing side is like, oh, that's, you know, that's what yeah. I have all the experience in the world doing. I love uh, that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can tell you if you want to know the the specifics of the, uh, yeah I was gonna I mean it helps now to know that you're a producer because it's always sometimes most people I speak to and I respect this they have kind of like a partner producer so that they can sort of be like this is the intention but they're like 
I'm a songwriter there, a producer, but I think you're the first, not proper producer, but the first person I've spoken to who does it as like a job. So therefore, I think I would like to know sort of what your creative production, you know, what was, um, what really stood out to you. And also, yeah, like tell us about the vocals as well. So yeah, just talk about the production, anything yeah. you want. Um, to lift the, lift the veil here, like a lot of, I'm way better at editing <laughs> than I am at playing or singing. So like my, uh, my production, like I have a really hard time letting go of like live performances, like for whatever it's worth that, that video you saw on YouTube, it's not actually me singing live. It's me lip syncing to a, a performance that was curated, uh, which I'm, you know, I'm fine with people knowing that, uh, cause I, for me, what's more important is creating an emotional experience. And if my voice doesn't quite do that, the first take I can go and melodyne and doop, 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 doop. I can fix it. Um, but uh, all right. So I laid on a piano in Keyscape. The piano was a, in case you're interested in this part, the piano is a, uh, uh, it's an upright piano that I have with the velocity sensitivity turned way, way, way down. So just kind of the very quiet notes are being emphasized. And, and I, I have some other texture piano that's kind of like the top end. But I kind of don't really like listening to it at this point. I think I kind of went mm. too far with it. <laughs> um, and uh, that's one of the reasons I bought this piano, because it's just like uh, that piano sounds so good. I don't even have to try to make it yeah. sound good. It's just already amazing. Um, so for vocals, um, that vocal is this mic, Asura Ooh. SM7B. Um, wow. I went directly into uh, my Apollo preamp. Um, and what I put on the vocal, <clears throat> well, first I edited the, the, the noises and pops and clicks and spit. And I made the breaths a little bit quieter. Um, and then I, I edited the vocal and Melodyne made sure I, I sang it. I did. I took the best takes that I did. And then I, um, I tuned, I, I don't, I don't really use auto tune depends on the song, but I usually want to like just tune the, make the vocal exactly what I wanted to, to sound like without relying on auto tune. Um, so that's what I did first effects wise. I'm processing it with uh, a DS or just to get rid of the, the sibilant frequencies. I, um, I compress it um, pretty heavily with a plugin called Rvox, which is by waves. Um, I assume we're talking about logic now. Is that right? Are you in Ableton? Is I'm logic? actually in Pro Tools. Yeah. But Pro Tools, yeah. sorry, did you say? Yeah, you can do all these yeah. things. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, I use an EQ. I got rid of some of the low mid frequencies on my voice and accentuated some of the high frequencies. Another thing that I do with my voice is I really compress based on frequencies. So like if there's a low mid frequency that I'm inconsistent with across the song, I actually put a, a multiband compressor on that frequency and it makes it to where like the lows are consistent and the upper mids are consistent independently of each other so wow. forgive me if this is a little too technical no, but it's good yeah um yeah. that's wow. that, i mean i can keep going on that I, and then i compress it again um and again for those technical nerds the reason the editing is so important um, in the first stage, getting rid of all the spit and pops and, and like making the breaths not too loud and getting rid of all the silence is because if I compress it two times, it's compressing all of those noises to where it's going to be, the noise is going to be really loud. So you want to make sure the vocal is clean yeah. if you're going to edit it that way. There's so many tips uh, in this. Like, yeah. Okay. So great. I, 
This is so good, actually. Continue. Yeah. It's it's good for you guys who do also self-produce. I do too. Definitely not on your level, but this is all. So many people recently have said, Chloe, your biggest problem with your piano slash voice is uh, the compression. You just need to learn how to compress. So you talking about this is very much, we're, we're sort of digesting it. And I think because I know what your this this song sounds like and your vocal, you can tell there's a lot of work that's gone into it because it, it hits the spot, I think, for what it's doing. And I know you could have done that any way you wanted, but I think with piano and vocal, it's it, I'm learning the fundamentality of how it's so exposed. So you have to get it right because really, yes, you've got some ambient textures in the back. I don't know if there's any synths. From what I heard, there is this, uh, there's a few things going on in the back and probably there were so many tracks on your Pro Tools, but it really is you and your piano. So it has really to be- Just the piano. It's, it's yeah. like it's the piano and the vocal. And I can tell you too, because I think the big part of the reason it sounds like there are a lot of pads, I think, is because it's just so much reverb on the track. But it's okay. really tracks, you know, for this song. Uh, I mean, I mean, track plus all the aug sends all the reverb and the effects. You know, that's that's different, obviously. But um, uh, and yeah, by the way, with I don't know if you have that plugin Rvox by um, by Waves, the Renaissance. If if you're gonna get plugins as a result of my recommendation, like that. Just to start, like the Renaissance pack by Waves is really is really valuable. So I would check that out. Cool. Um, but anyway, on on my vocal, I have I think four different reverb sends. Um, oh, one wow. send is the room verb, which is a really, sh really relatively short verb blended pretty high in the mix, which is just kind of like less than half a second of delay time, just to kind of give the 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 sound a little bit more body to make it sound yeah. like you're in like an anechoic chamber, but you're like in a room. Um, and then the next thing I have is a hall verb, which is kind of the low mids kind of like it's, it's the deep, the really far away kind of warm sound part of the verb. Yeah. But I also it have like it sounds like it's got a bit of on, on logic. I always use space designer with quite a big size and it kind of, it's got this, it's like you're in a massive, like an old English church or something like that. And it's, yeah. I just say it's very warm mm -hmm. and um, it's awesome. got, the, it's got the kind of essence of, I can't say it's a sense to be honest, but it's, it's like that you have this, it, it's almost like another instrument because it, it's the combination of all these verbs together. Yeah. So then that's the, the, the hall is kind of low and I have a plate which is kind of the brighter sound that you hear. That's kind of like all of the breath and the yeah. the clarity of the reverb is kind of the long plate verb. Um, yeah. That's kind of the upper mids. Um, and I'm I'm filtering for whatever. I'm filtering all of these reverbs before they even. So I send send my vocal to the channel. It's the reverb channel. Before I put a reverb on the channel, I filter out all the highs and lows, pretty aggressively. Yeah. So it's only sending the part of the sound I want to the reverb. So that's a little little tip for some people. Wow. Um, and the last thing that I think actually is probably the most unique thing that I do is I do a a pitch shifted send on this, which is is pretty typical for pop vocals, like to have like a really wide kind of chorusy sound. Mm -hmm. um, but I actually do it on these because I just I feel like when I blend it in subtly, um, it makes the vocal feel just kind of wider and more lush. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so what I do is on the send, I just, I don't remember exactly what I do for it. I can look it up if you want we can chat later, but the, the, 
the send that I'm sending my vocal to at the end is just, I'm pitch shifting slightly the right and the left differently than the center. Wow. So that when you send it to the center and the timing is a little different too. So it just kind of sounds like a little bit of a doubling effect. And when you blend it in subtly, it just has this way of making it sound wider and more immersive. And so. And I guess you did it all on your own, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. it's, I mean, it really, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's valuable. It's valuable to have this skill, but sometimes I think like, and I can tell you were talking about influences before. There's an artist whose name is Novo Moore. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Oh with yeah. Him. Yeah. He's from Wales. Yeah. So I'm like, it, it's kind of cool. I didn't know that, but yeah, I always put sort of Novo Moore, Boniver, these two people like, yeah, but continue. Yeah. Really, really good artist actually guys. You haven't checked uh, Novo Moore. Like, yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. What, where are you from, by the way? I'm just curious. Are you from, are you from UK? Yes. Yeah. I'm from, uh, I'm from Wales. So um, yeah, same, same country as Novamore, but I'm, I think Novamore South in Cardiff and I'm North, but yeah. Cool. Um, anyway, so that he was a big influence on my friend, my friend who is the videos for his name is Matthias Barker. Um, and he's got like a TikTok and YouTube and the whole thing um, for psychotherapy. Um and he's been using Novo Amor's music behind his TikToks. And I think it's a big reason why it's been so successful on his TikToks yeah. because of the music. And so I was really inspired by that. And he's just, that guy is so, so inspiring to me. And I think that to be honest, like I listened to someone like Novo Amor mm -hmm. and maybe he doesn't have the same kind of technical chops that I do, but what mm -hmm. he makes up for in that is he just brings, it's like, there's a rawness to his sound. Like he doesn't, He's got out of tune pianos on his records. Like he's got just wow. and by his own admission, he's like, oh, I don't, I like the way it sounds. It sounds kind of weird. It's like for me, because I'm so engineering focused and I'm so like pop music and that's what I, that's what I do. Um, or at least what my ear is kind of trained for that. It's hard for me to um, let go of those imperfections and recognize that they're actually really valuable, you know, cause perfection isn't actually the goal, <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. emotion. And sometimes the emotion lies within the, the combination of all of the kind of randomness and imperfection. Um, so when I listen to a song like his, like repeat until death, that's where my, that's where kind of the inspiration mm. for the first song that I wrote came from. Interesting. I feel like he's sort of, you know, I don't want to put us in this like, you know, race or anything, but I feel like he's very ahead of like what he's doing in me. It elicits this real, real rich emotion yeah. that I've, I'm very inspired by and aspire to help someone else have someday. Um, but I don't think it's a result of his like precise engineering work that, that happened. I think it's almost more a result of him being so present and just going with the flow, you know? But I think so. you'll be in very sort of obedient to your art, um, not sound patronizing, because you obviously know what you're doing. You do this as a job, but you produce. But I think it's very um like i said it's obedient to the the emotion you're trying to put out there and express because you're like you know that that has got to be kind of and and the fact that you do that as your job i i, I don't know uh nova more if if he does his own if he's self I'm, i assume most people are actually self-produced now especially people i assume he does a lot of his production right maybe some co ed tollett who ed tollett is yeah i yeah but it's 
it just, I, I don't know, it's kind of, um, I can't really say envious, but I think so many people would want to be at the place you're at, even though, again, it's your job and everything. But, and you said before, I had to, I was going to interrupt you before, because I was like, you said, oh, you know, I, I do the producing and I'm very comfortable with that, but I'm not so good at the songwriting. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you've penned this song. Come on. Like you can't, I, I know you're, you're very humble and you're very modest, but to listen, I, I can't sort of, um, I can't swallow that that you're saying because it, it's a masterpiece. It really is. It's a lovely song. And the other songs you've written too, that I had a quick listen to today. Um, and it, it's like, yeah, but it's good that you're modest about that. And I, I feel you're very, you're obviously very comfortable. How long have you been producing actually? Oh, I haven't thought about that. Uh, <laughs> you call producing. I've been producing for for money for maybe 10 years. But I mean, I, as long yeah. as my, you know, I, 18 years. But you see that, to me, that's incredible because there's always this frustration. I've spoke to so many people on this podcast where, you know, I, I had five producers and the first one said that, but it wasn't quite there. The second one said that. And then, you know, I had my last producer was great, but it's still not what I wanted. But I think the beauty of this, when you get so familiar with your your kind of productive art is you knew exactly what you were doing with this. And even if that was matching just a, a feeling that you had that morning. And as I keep saying, you can tell, you can tell with every little thing you've done with the vocal and the piano. It's so stripped back, but it's also so much, you know. Um, well, I honestly, though, I think uh, I don't want you to speak too highly of me with this because I feel like what it's all experimentation and it's yeah. all like I, I have my kind of habits and the things that I've learned over the years and there are some things that are common sense to me that wouldn't be um, to somebody with less experience just because I've made so many mistakes and learned from so many things I've done wrong mm -hmm. but I think the you know like I didn't know exactly what I was doing I think that when I made it I had intentionality with it and I have a lot of tools that other people don't have to craft a sound that I want to yeah. craft mm -hmm. but like I'm gonna listen to this a year from now and think it sounds like bad. I should have done that or I could have done that thing or yeah. I'm already doing that to be honest. I'm I'm like oh man I I think I like the, I just like stuff with the piano and like the way that the vocal is treated and certain takes that I kept. It's like that's just kind of the curse of ha but like the way that again advice to the producers and artists out there. It's like the way that you get better at that is like don't listen to your friends who say like oh no one's gonna notice that. It's like you the practice of producing music is like push it as far as you can possibly push it to a crazy degree and in five years that's going to be basic to you what but it's like but if you don't push yourself to the furthest that you can then you won't improve as quickly you know yeah. so you have to be obsessed with how do i make it exactly what i want it to sound like like you know I, my first things that i did like 10 15 years ago that were this that were like you know, songwriter music. I listen to it now and it's, you know, obviously it's terrible, but then like I worked so hard, yeah. obsessed to get it like perfect. And it was as perfect as I could get it. And so I, I can stand by the effort. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. But it kind of works nicely too, because you can look back at when this was, I guess, recorded, which was 2020, I guess. Is that right? You would have recorded this. You can look back and it was, it's like when you say something to someone, you don't really want to, oh, do you regret anything? It's like, no, unless someone was drunk or out of their heads. At that time, in an argument, it was the right thing to say. And just for you, the same, you you, you made those, those productive decisions on this song. And um, it, 
you wouldn't have put it out there if and, and it's to me it's 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 obviously had a lot of good response so I was going to ask that next actually about response but it's a bit of a silly question because I feel it has got a lot of good response just the fact that it's on these playlists and I think I saw some comments on the playlist I found it on YouTube and there was like oh my goodness the song at this time or like at 10 minutes 13 when I didn't know that there was a YouTube playlist of this that's, I think there is. I'm not. Uh, I've, I, this, I, I do apologise for anything I'm getting wrong with all the artists and you too, Jeff, because I do listen to so many and I basically, my job at the moment, well, I can't say it's my job, but I hunt all the artists whose songs I fall in love with and I want to know like I'm doing with you. And so what I'm basically saying is, I think I heard it on a playlist. I'm pretty sure it was, uh, you are on Alex Rainbird, aren't you? Yeah, they, they picked this one up. Yeah. I think that's, you see, that it's weird. I, I love Spotify, but sometimes because I've got speakers plugged into my laptop, I don't use Spotify because my computer is just freezing with it and stuff. So I go on YouTube. So I think you were, uh, yeah, it's on YouTube. So if you have a look at the comments for those who are also on Alex Rainbird's music, which are incredible. Thank you to those guys again for such nice music. Sometimes I'll, I'll skip to songs because I'll see comments like I've just been in tears over, you know, like I've got, I'm speaking to a guy tomorrow, satellite station, and all these comments are like, oh my goodness, this, it took me away to this different place. And and I think with yours, I was like, which one are they talking about? And then I heard it and I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Oh, wow. So yeah, so take a look. I think, I'm not sure though, if it was, I listened to so much music, but I'm sure yours is definitely on the YouTube though. So guys do check it out if you don't have Spotify as well. Um, what was I going to say? Yes. So, I mean... It's got good numbers. It's it's been streamed lots, and as you say, you did kind of a demo to see how it would go down. I found that quite cool, actually. So you was it? So is that the same video that we were on about before? The one where it's just you and your piano, right? Was that the same video? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I want to give a plug to some people that have helped me so much. I'm I'm not go affiliated with me at all, but like there's a there's a company that I anybody who's an artist who's looking to market their own music. It's called Indiepreneur. It's like entrepreneur, but like Indiepreneur. Okay. Um, dot is their website. And I, I've been doing this a long time and I've, as a, like just music in general, and I've had like multiple artist projects that I've attempted to like create. And like, I just discovered these guys right when I was starting cathartic fall. And mm. granted, I don't, I don't think that the response, <clears throat> I didn't think the response has been very exciting for me. Cause it's like, it is a, the growth rate is better than I've had for any artist project I've done in the past. Wow. And I think it's, exclusively i would say because of the strategies that i've implemented as a result of following these people's little program um and it's really simple it's just basically i i have been using um social media and like taking and gathering data about who my audience is because like i think in the past like i've i've had like told my friends like hey please stream this and tell your friends and tell your friends tell their friends and <laughs> my mom's like i'm listening to it on repeat son <laughs> It's like, I got my strategy. And then I realized with this, it's actually really doing me a disservice because what it, what Facebook can do is like you put this video out and I'm not going to get into all the details right now because it's just not within the scope of this discussion. But I put this video out and then I can see who's listening to watching the video the furthest, right? I can see like, hey, okay. who's watching this video 75% of the way through. And what Facebook can do um, with a technology called lookalike audience creation they can actually go find millions of more people that are that are similar in all the ways that matter to those people that watch your video the oh most my gosh. and it's like oh then what i can do is i can actually send spotify ads and um to those wow. to that audience 
typically it's a really refined algorithm well yeah it's and it's you can optimize it as far as you want and like that's part of the strategy because then like when it gets to spotify then i have better save rates because people are who like my music are the ones that are get or the kinds of people who like my music are getting there first not just strangers and not just my mom it's like actual people who are fans or who could be fans or crimes to be fans and so my save rates at the beginning of that were like 30% of my listeners were saving, which is really high. And so that got me put on like uh, Discover Weekly Algorithmic Playlist. Oh, and okay. like if I was open, it just crossed 100,000 streams today. And I, I haven't put anything out before now. Um, and I, I really like the song. I think the music has to be good in order for this to work because, you know, that's just people aren't going to consume crap and Spotify is incentivized to promote good music on their platform because they want their user experience to be as good as possible. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm realizing now, like I shouldn't be marketing to like tech nine fans or people who mm. like gangster rap yeah. because they're not going to like